stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 209 of the Brave Maker Podcast. My name is Tony Gapastone and I'm a writer, I'm a director, I'm an actor in the Bay Area. San Francisco Bay Area is where I live. You can find me on the socials at my name, which is Tony Gapastone at everywhere at X slash Twitter, whatever we're calling it and Facebook and Instagram and all the places, or my website is TonyGap.com. Now, uh, I have been doing this show for 209 episodes because I love learning. I love talking to filmmakers. I myself am making films and working on uh, television and trying to get into the industry even more than I already am. And I think one of the best ways to do that and make connections is to hear other people's journeys. So if you're tuning in with us live or on the replay, this is what you can expect. I would encourage you, if you like what you're hearing, uh, follow us on all the socials. Make sure you share this with your friends. Follow us on our YouTube page at BraveMaker.org. And you can go to our website at BraveMaker.org. Org to learn more about who we are. We would love to connect with you. There's a lot of things happening from our Brave Maker Academy to our film festival that happens in July every year in Redwood City. And we wouldn't want you to miss out on the really cool opportunities that we have going on. So follow Brave Maker anywhere you can follow us on socials at Brave Maker Org. All right. So with that, I'm going to bring in my 209th guest. He is a filmmaker uh, who's currently in the Bay Area, but lives in Los Angeles, who had a short film in the same festival that I just had my The Crossing Guard, uh, CineQuest 2023. So welcome to the show, Kevin Ung. What's up, Kevin? Welcome hey, to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having awesome. me. Heck yeah. Uh, I, I think we were in the same room. We didn't get a chance to meet face to face in person, but I saw you swirling around the socials at CineQuest. I was like, oh, I got to meet this guy and bring this guy on the show. And so thanks for being here. Uh, we like to do a uh, physical description. So uh, I'm Tony Gavison, I'm a Caucasian man. I'm wearing a black hat with yellow glasses in my Brave Maker studio with the words Brave Maker and pink behind me and green faux. Kevin, what's your physical description and pronouns if you'd like to share? Uh, I, my name is Kevin, and I am sitting in an office that is blurred out <laughs> behind me with this <laughs> blurred feature. Um, wearing a black t-shirt, AirPods, um, and that's about it, I think. <laughs> well, let's dig in. Uh, I always like to start with the first question, being a storyteller and uh, maker of things. What's your origin story? How did you get into this business of film? Um, so, I mean, I, I know a lot of filmmakers, like, I think they, they say they've always wanted to do this since they were kids. Um, and I, I enjoyed films, but I never knew it was like a, a thing, a possibility. Um, so I had actually went to UCLA for undergrad and I was studying biochem actually. I'm trying oh, to wow. become a doctor. Um, and I, I remember I, I saw film school and I enjoyed, enjoyed doing it. I took a film class and I, I really enjoyed it. And then... I decided, hey, why don't I try to apply? So UCLA, you have to apply during your sophomore year and you get in as a junior. And so I applied and uh, <laughs> I got pretty far. I thought I got in, I got rejected in like, probably the worst way possible. They send you back a letter and it just, it's a carbon copy of your application and it just has rejected on it. And so I remember Gosh. this, it's, it's, it's great. But <laughs> it's just like, and uh, I remember this to this day, it was like, it's, it's seared in my brain. Um, 
anyways, I got fairly jaded after that. <laughs> I, I after horrible. that I, I interned at um at Fox Fox Searchlight, and I remember I just I kind of looked around, and this is way back, like oh, years ago. Um, but I remember not seeing honestly anyone that really looked like me. Um, so then I, I I just kind of felt like oh this may not be the right place for me. Um, so I decided to leave LA and I, I studied abroad. I went to go study abroad in Hong Kong and then what was supposed to be a semester turned into nearly a decade. Um, no. I amazingly got the opportunity to make a film within months of landing in Hong Kong. I, I didn't have family there. I didn't speak the language. Um, I just happened to see a poster uh, at the school I was studying abroad in and it was run by Johnny Toe, this like, oh, this godfather of like Hong Kong cinema. And that somehow I, I got this money and got this opportunity. And I, I made my first film, Chubby Can Kill. And, and that one did fairly well. And that kind of like launched me into what I want to do. Um, there were some years in between where I wasn't able to to make a living doing films. So I had to do advertising and, and marketing. Uh, but eventually I, I, I decided to apply to UC Film School. And thinking, you know, I'm not going to get in. I'll just do this. And at least I'll tell people I, I applied, didn't get in. But I got in, and then I ended up dropping my whole life in Hong Kong, and then coming back across the ocean and um, making a couple more films. And uh, here I am today. So cool. Yeah. First of all, I cannot get that rejected stamp thing out of my head. That's so visual and visceral, and like oh, something you see in a movie. It's like, come on. It's painful. <laughs> it's painful enough to get those film festival, you know, replies from Film Freeway. Like, we regret to inform you that your submission was one of so many. It was so hard. For, like, that's hard enough. But at least they try right. to, like, polish it up a little <laughs> bit. But the stamp. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, well, what a cool journey, which I'm sure makes you, you know, have a very significant, you know, voice as, as a filmmaker. And I got to watch your film Work Life, which... I was telling you, you know, before we got on, I really loved, and I ha I can share some great news. If you listen to the end of the podcast and the show today, some great news about this short film that's going to connect with Brave Maker. So you're going to want to stand by to hear about what that good news is. So don't go away. So uh, Kevin, let's talk about work life and this film and the making of it. And uh, it's 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 life. It's a really really fun fun short. So where did where did the idea come from? So actually, so I had worked for, like I told you, I worked for years in like marketing and advertising. Um, and actually, I, I didn't write the script. So this is the first short I directed that I didn't write myself. So the yeah, script is written that, by yeah. this uh, and a brilliant writer named Matthew Stewart. And he, but he also worked, um, he also worked in corporate life. And so when I immediately when I read the script, I was like, this, this works. I, I understand this world. I understand this life. Um, and I, I wanted to portray to portray this uh, this world in a way that made sense to people who lived it, but also was just approachable and fun. And and, um, and I wanted to throw curveballs at you to to make you to lull you into false sense of security or or just confuse you in terms of what I was trying to do in the beginning. Um, so hopefully it worked out. Um, Oh my gosh. I got to watch it uh, from home. I did not see it at CineQuest, but I love short films so much. I will always be a short filmmaker, even though I want to be doing features in, in TV. I just think there's something really fun about a little contained story and, you know, some getting in quick and, you know, leaving early or giving in, getting in late sometimes leaving early. 
but you had, I feel like you had a lot of stuff happening in this little short 13 oh, minute yeah. film. <laughs> so, so, uh, first of all, just kind of pitch, pitch what the, the whole idea is. And, and then I want to talk about some of like the nitty gritty of how you made it. Let's hear about how you describe what work life is. So I guess without getting into ruining the surprises, I guess in the film, um, the film is an ensemble piece about these four co-workers who live their life and uh, we we kind of see flashbacks to the weekend and um, the more and more we see from each flashback the more and more we learn that uh, you know it, their weekends are aren't are more than just normal weekends um, they're all intertwined and uh, you'll you find out much more about that in the middle so without saying too much um, yeah that's that it's 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 a film that talks about uh, I think sort of the banalities of work like like working but also mm -hmm. like how real i guess life outside of work can be i guess and i think that think that was sort of my my inspiration how do i portray like the office in such a way that's just soul sucking and if you look at the office actually there's no i try to eliminate all shadows which took us a long time yeah to, I could, the lighting was really out. great yeah like a commercial yeah, almost they, yeah, like I think my uh, my producer's like, what are you doing? Like, it, it just doesn't look like it has any life. And I'm like, yeah, this is the point. Like, it's a, uh, I want to suck as much life out of this as possible. And it's in contrast, of course, to the flashbacks, which um, are completely lit, completely different, different lenses, everything. Um, and I think if you see a couple of my other shorts, there's always this, I think, um, this feeling of, of, this kind of, of being lost i guess in life and all these characters uh in one way or another uh even though this is a fairly fun dark comedy they they do have that melancholy sort of feeling to them even even sam the, even the guy who's uh partying he's uh he's you can tell he, there's something something about him at work where he just doesn't really want to be there gosh i so you know when you're watching it and you see you know the first uh few minutes you're not kind of sure where it's going to go and like i said the lighting is very commercial like i was like okay this is interesting you can tell that was a stylistic choice and then we go to the first flashback and i'm like ooh, okay and you're trying to put some pieces together and i knew I'm like something's off about that <laughs> first little flashback and what is it and i really think i mean obviously it's a combination of the writing and the directing but I was just really impressed. It felt like a very high quality short film, which, you know, sometimes short films not, aren't always, and there's no offense to anybody. Sometimes we're all learning and doing, going about our business and just trying to make something. This <laughs> felt like the intention and, and the budget, which I would love to hear, whatever you want to share, was there. And the, the, the people, I'm sure the cast and the crew was like, it was, I just really, and I'm not just kind of blowing smoke. It was really good and an interesting, well shot. I mean, if you're watching uh, this on the replay on our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see some of the, the things on the screen. If you're listening to this on our pod, our audio podcast, you might have to go to our YouTube channel and just check out some of the, the clips that we're showing. We're not playing it. You're not going to see the whole thing, but you're seeing little snippets. So you've got these characters who all work together and they're, I love it because someone says, well, how was your weekend? How was your weekend? And they all kind of yeah. do what we normally say. And it was all right. It was fine. It was uneventful, but it really yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Uh, so talk about how, you know, you, you say the contrast between what happened in the flashbacks and there's some dark mm -hmm. things. It's dark. There's oh, yeah. one point I was, like, I was like, I did not expect that at all. <laughs> and I loved it. So talk about some of the intricacies of those connections and interweavings. Um, so, I mean, it's, I think, so 
it's interesting getting a script and directing versus writing a script and then um, directing yourself. Because I think when you're writing, you kind of have it all in mind. But uh, when you get a script, you kind of have to read it and interpret it and then figure out yourself what would you do. So I, um, again, like I said, like I, just for example, at the beginning, you know, in the office, like we, the way they dress, the color tones, everything, you know, it's, it's a fairly great office. There's nothing that really sticks out because I, I wanted it to like feel as dead as possible. Even if you look at the back, there's those posters and there's like a snail that says like optimism. You know, there's all these things mm -hmm. that just make you feel like that. And it was, those are shot on Zeiss CPTs, which I actually uh -huh. don't really like the look of. But for this in particular, it worked because they're really, really sharp. And um, this film was actually done... Um, as a thesis film at UC, basically. So they, they well, essentially a thesis. They select three people every semester to, to make a film. And this is one, these are one, this is one of the films. Uh, but anyways, so... What what year, by the way, was this? This was um, a shot in 2022. And so, okay, yeah, so the so most recent. That's great. It's fairly recent. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, so basically, um, if you can contrast that with, the every all the other scenes you know the contrast is different the, the lighting is different the um everything is really the wardrobe is different um and even the lenses so the lenses we used um oh god i forgot the name right now uh, but the lenses we used were vintage lenses that were just very soft um so you know it's not something you'd want to use on like a, a commercial for a car but like for, for this it works really well and i think as a filmmaker you need to understand why are you using these tools because those are your mm -hmm. like you as you know as a director i think you should know this as well why are you using this tool to paint whatever you're trying to paint? Mm -hmm. And um, each character really has, if you really think about it, they, they sort of envelop their own genre almost. Like, like uh, you know, mm -hmm. there's people like uh, this guy you see right here, he is more Charlie Kaufman-esque, whereas another might be more um, horror, another might be more rom-com, another's more like just straight up comedy. So you're playing with like really almost four or five different genres and trying to blend it in into 12 or so 11 something 12 minutes or so um and you have to make sure it's cohesive and makes sense but still has a variety and i think um it was just a pleasure doing that but also beyond that it's also getting the right actors and making sure um they've worked well together because i think having an ensemble cast is hard because you don't have one main person really pushing through you, you need all four of them to really interact well with each other so we went through like over a thousand actors and it was just time consuming over a thousand just... actors over a thousand actors and um this is like going through you know each each reel but it's like wow. you got you gotta find the right people and then once you find you know your once you narrow it down you got to test them with each other um and then see if they work if they mesh because we had some great actors who just didn't really fit with each other so it comes down to I think when you have a when you have a film like this where you need every single character to really shine in their own way, you need to make sure they they just mesh well and they they're brilliant to work with. Like they're all so different, but so amazing to work with and um, friendly, kind, but also took directions super well and just amazing people. If you're watching on the replay, one of the characters sees something in the garbage. You're gonna want to <laughs> check it out. We're not gonna tell you what it is, but it when that and happens. Actually, Go ahead, what? Sorry, go ahead. No, one thing no, too, just... like I want to mention, which is I forgot to mention earlier, was like, um, so my parents actually they they were refugees from Cambodia. So when I was a kid, you know, when we watched films, like we couldn't, we didn't watch like art films. We didn't watch films that were like art films, films that were more like, for lack of a better word, like complicated. 
um, you know, watch like Bloodsport and like uh, Terminator and like action and comedy because that's what was accessible. You didn't need to understand the language. And so if you watch all of my shorts, actually, and all my films, you can watch them without understanding. I mean, without mm. understanding the language, but still mm. understand what's going on. And that's sort of been my my thing because I want to make sure that the films are accessible. But at the same time, if you look at the, the technique behind it, there's still stuff you can get if you're like a film nerd or something. That there's still stuff you get that I'm doing that is subconscious or it doesn't come out through just spoken um, spoken dialogue. And I think that to me that's really important that a lot of things that happen come through action. And if you watch my films, um, they're fairly uh, situation action based uh, versus things that are more dialogue. Um, yeah. What I hear you saying is, I think, inspiration for filmmakers, you know, when you're writing and directing your pieces, is there things that you can do? This is, you know, the typical show don't tell, but is there things that you can do that can make it so that if your volume was off or if someone didn't speak the language that was being spoken in the film, could they understand what was happening? And right. I teach, I teach acting too. And I think that's one of the most fun things to do in acting exercises is teach actors how to get what they want in a scene without having to say it like how do you seduce someone or put someone down <laughs> right. or how do you um you know build someone up or worship someone without saying those exact words it's really a cool part of the craft and it sounds like you've had a lot of fun and you really geek out on those things which is great like that's the art right the art yeah of, i mean filmmaking i think like directors and writers like they're also different like you know aaron sorkin's the master of dialogue you know like but right and I think it, it comes down to knowing what you do and, and why you want to do it. You know, um, I am not going to do what Aaron Sorkin's doing because I, you know, my, my skills, my, my, what I do just doesn't really align with that. But I, I do appreciate what he does. I think it's brilliant. Um, whereas for me, I, I think um, how I grew up, my background, everything, it influences what I do. Maybe not in like, a, you can't see it necessarily, but um, definitely, uh, the, the inspiration and, and how I direct things um, come come through, I guess, much more physically, like much less through dialogue, I would say. Yeah, you could tell you had um, really methodically planned this out, obviously. You, yeah. you, you didn't just haphazardly throw yourself in there. So talk to us about kind of the pre-production process. How much time did you have? Uh, anything you want to say about you know how the meetings went with the screenwriter and your dp and all that kind of stuff let's geek out on that and then we'll talk about production and post and all that stuff yeah of course um by the way a thousand actors i'm still thinking about you auditioned (laughs) a ton of actors so so get some get some specifics around that too i know we didn't audition we didn't audition a thousand we went through we saw you saw self-tapes right we saw self-tapes but we we went through uh yeah um it was definitely it was over a thousand it was just it was i mean you want to make sure you get good like sure. the, I want I want to say good the right people to do the film um and that's, that's what we found um and yes yeah, so, I mean in terms of pre-pro we really so how it works at USC I got the script and then we had essentially I would say about a month or so to to prep for the film and this is you know like uh we confirm the script and we lock the script and we have a month to really prep until the first day of shooting um so in that month you had just prepare everything and this this film actually has a ton of locations like it's uh-huh. it was, it was a, <laughs> a little bit over ambitious for, for what it was but i mean i was like let's do it like why not let's, let's just 
go crazy and then um you know just throw out the rule book of just keeping it simple um and let's just <laughs> do something as complicated as we can let's put a car in there let's figure out how to how to do that um and so pre-pro we really at first we had to figure out the logistics of where we're shooting what we're shooting um and just finding the right locations like finding that office was so hard because um getting an office space that fit within our budget and everything was really difficult luckily um our production designer she 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 knew someone who actually had a space like that and we were able to use it wow. um but beyond that you know just finding all these locations was one of the harder parts and making sure um it worked and we, you know a lot of it was just going to talk to people and, and sweet talking to them and just making sure that we can get it and i think you know i think a lot of times when you're younger especially if you're a student even um it really does help to go to people and be like hey i know normally this costs money but I really, really need to shoot this, and it would be, you know, it'd be great if you could help us out. And you know, you'd be surprised about how many people will say, yeah, like even even in a city like LA, where you know everyone's charging for everything, mm -hmm. um, they're, yeah, they're open. But you know, um, so really, just getting that down, locking the actors, getting getting all the heads of departments, like you know, getting wardrobe, makeup, all this stuff ready, um, and working with a DP to to get the look down, you know, like you know. We we're debating this office scene. You know, should we shoot it? I guess your traditional nice, nice way, or should we just do something different, completely different, where people may not feel good about it? But you know, I, but I stuck. To, we stuck to our guns, and we we did that. Um, and then we had to figure out the rest. You know, what lenses are we gonna use for for the rest of the scenes? How are we gonna light them? Um, and after that, it's really getting everything together. Um, and a lot of you know, really just. I think you have to be resourceful, especially when you're when you're shooting a short film, and um, if you are starting starting out, especially, um, we had great help from Nanlux. They they were gracious enough to help um, give us like a lighting kit. Um, it was just um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of great hard work asking for support, and uh, it it worked out in the end. And I it was it was a great experience, but it's really just a lot of prep because you know you when you're shooting, you only have so many hours, and you want to make sure you devote those hours. Hopefully not to too much problem solving, but more how do we make this work and how do we make it work better? You know, and, and, and we were blessed we had great actors, so it was just how do we how do we make that performance shine even more? How do how do we bring them up to the next level? So um, it, was, it was a whole process, and you know, uh, four weeks uh, it seems like a long time, but it feels <laughs> it goes by fast. So. So I might be a little ignorant to this, but when when you do a thesis film, do they does USC provide you any resources financially, like to for to pay master? So USC actually has or... has thesis films which they don't support, and then there's a thing I was doing when they only select three every semester, and those they support with um, around seven thousand um, dollars, and and then the rest you sort of make up with your self crowdfunding whatnot. Um, so so did you crowdfund for this one? We did, we did, um, okay. and uh, yeah. So it was, it was still tough to kind of. I mean, I think just <laughs> the, the, the locations and just how many how many places we were shooting and then all that stuff. You know, setups took a long time, so it's just a lot of a lot of work getting all that ready to go. Um, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, like it's it was worth it. It was really fun to make and it was, it was a good experience. It's really, honestly, really, really impressive. And kind of going back to what you said that each of the flashback stories was a movie in itself. So you have this kind of overarching umbrella movie called Work Life, and then each mm. person recounting their weekend is living in a movie. So 
that was like you could almost like pull up each movie in itself and it right, yeah. alone in some way so that was just really fun and, and i love seeing good movies that inspire me and make me want to you know do stuff and be creative so so thank you for that thanks for putting something out into the world and yeah of course um, i mean with these characters like i i wrote i mean even though you don't really see too much of some characters like i wrote gigantic bios for them so there there's backstories oh, wow. to all of them and they they you know when you work with the actors you tell them you you work with them and you ask them questions and you develop you develop these characters even though you will never see a lot of stuff we to talk about on screen because we work so hard on these characters when it comes down to the day um it makes it so much easier on them to be uh to be those characters and i, I think that's important to not just tell them sure what to do but to work with them to to find um find the really the, the truth of who that character they're playing is and i think that's that's really important to to take it seriously even though this is a comedy you know just to take it seriously okay this is a comedy but why yeah. are you like this like this um the guy who partied you know like they're all were sort of like melancholy in their own way and uh in the guy who party like why why do you have so much fun outside and why at work why do you seem like this and, you know the questions like this and they'll answer and they'll have a good answer for you because there's no wrong answer really and it helps you helps you and helps them develop these characters you know um and so it's to me it was great because i think there's layers to this film if you really want to like look into this film you mm -hmm. start from so no one's going to really do that but there are layers to this film um just on the little nuances on how they act and, and things like that so it's really fun so let's talk about production with all of these locations and these intertwining actors and getting their schedules lined up i'm going to make an assumption did you film all of the office thing or uh, scenes in one day? You, oh, that was, yes, that was one day. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, good. I was yeah. thinking, you probably could squeeze it all 10, 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. yeah. And then what about the other ones? I feel like the other ones were going to be a little oh, bit man. more. Maybe. There's so many locations. Like one was like, I just shoot in my, my apartment because we couldn't find a suitable apartment. When we shot in my apartment, when we shot, um, at this bar at USC, actually, it's one of the bar scenes at USC. When we shot, when we, we tried to fake this road, we found a place at USC that kind of looked like this neighborhoodish road. Did it there. Um, a bunch of other houses that we, we found. Um, this was another house. So it was like a couple of houses. There was a liquor store that we had to shoot in. Um, and so it was really like a lot. Like I feel <laughs> like our AD was able to, you know, really schedule these this all together because it was move after move after move and it was uh tough sometimes because we had to go quick and you, you have to be confident in what you're doing because mm. you have to go if you if you if you're not you'll waste time at one location and you'll, you'll eat into your other locations and then you just you won't you'll make a film but you may not make the film that you want i think <laughs> yeah and that's it's weird because like we're talking about logistics and you know whereas film is is very much is an artistic medium but you do have to keep in mind that there's like just these random logistical things like you know that you cannot mm. change like you know that you only have a certain amount of hours in a day and um you have to you have to figure out in your head you know i only i can do this 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 and this can i drop this and will it affect the film so i think you have to think very fast and on your feet and um particularly with with <laughs> so many locations there were no there were no redos or anything so yeah. So how many days of actual production? Um, let's see. It was 
six days and one pickup day. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it was, it was actually two days, and then uh, we had like a week to kind of look at dailies, and then two more days a week, and then two more days. So it worked out fairly well. So we shot on the weekends basically. That's good. Uh, worked out really, and we had we had great support from people. Uh, like the, there's there's an arm in the film. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we, we got that generously donated from Sundry Works in um, props, and it looked amazing. And uh, with the makeup artist just doing stuff to the arm, uh, it looks real um, for what it is. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah, I need I need to, I need an arm for a short film. No joke, I'm doing it in a month, so I might need to talk to you right. on who that who that was. Uh, yeah, yeah. so so honestly, um, really really fun and. Here's the here's the here's the good news that you all have been waiting for. We're gonna uh, Kevin's gonna let us show this at our Halloween party in Ooh. Redwood City for the the screening room. So October twenty eighth in Redwood City, our annual Halloween party and costume contest. Come and see work life with a lot of other cool short films in the horror thriller genre. It's not all horror or thriller. Uh, it'll be some dark comedies like this one and some other fun stuff too. But yeah, come out. That's at. Um, the Courtyard Marriott in Redwood City. So get your tickets at bravemaker.com slash Halloween or in the bio in our Instagram page. Uh, okay, so let me hear Let me hear you. Uh, you've been making short films for quite some time. You're working on a feature, you said uh, earlier before we started, I asked you, what are some of your go-to practical tips like as a, as a director, things that are your best practices, whether it's working with actors or just your DP relationship? Like for me, I heard Ava DuVernay said she changes her socks and shoes mid midway. I always, like, I bring an extra change of clothes. Like, I like to be fresh after lunch and I come out, I'm like, boom. And if you look at pictures, it looks like we shot for double the amount of days. I have so <laughs> many different <laughs> shirts on. But that's something that I do for myself. I like deodorant, like to brush my teeth, like to come back from lunch fully fresh. Uh, I also like having one-on-ones with my actors and kind of asking what's best for them. How do they like to work? Mm. Uh, I don't always like to over talk to actors I like to see what they can bring take one two and three kind of thing what are the things that you have found work for you in your style i guess a couple of things i mean on set just just be comfortable with you know like just practicality just be comfortable uh beyond that um i would say get good rest but honestly for me i get butterflies and honestly i can't get sleep before the night before so mm -hmm. um but get get rest but uh, beyond that like you said i think work when you work with actors no that every actor is different. Um, they're, they're trained differently, you know, like, whereas like an actor from the UK that, that follows that sort of acting um, will be very different from an actor in LA who has a different style or an actor in New York or whoever. Everyone has a different way of of being directed and, and acting, really. And so I think it's 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 upon the, it comes upon the director to really understand that. Because I think I, I've seen some people who just try to force feed their way of directing, whereas I think it should be the opposite. Yeah, I think as a director, you need to understand enough about acting to where you are the one who's able to accommodate these actors in a way like because at the end of the day you're trying to you're trying to all of you are trying to create something great and so you need to accommodate the different styles each actor has and i think understanding that and understanding different kinds of acting um particularly if you have time to rehearse i think that's great i, I love rehearsals so rehearse with them and figure that out beforehand because mm. <laughs> don't figure that out on set um and really once you understand the way they 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 act i think you can you can adjust yourself to fit that like if someone really just wants to be told what to do then do it i think that that's it's fair you know people say don't do that but if an actor really just likes that then that's how you that's how you roll uh, because on set you just you don't have the time to to screw around um 
like for example like my first film i i shot in cantonese i didn't speak the language i didn't speak cantonese so i had to do all the rehearsals prior make sure everything mm -hmm. was ready and then we shot so you know and that was a complete i've never done it like that since but you know i think when you have different situations you need to be aware of how to prep for those situations and just be ready to go and um so when curveballs do come at you uh you know how to you know how to deal with them you know how to approach that um but at the end of the day i think just reading and reading and reading the script and knowing that well and everyone says this but really do know the script so that you can just change things on the whim where you, you don't need to look at the script at all you can just go and talk to the actors yeah. and know exactly what what's going on because then i think that that you need to, you need that sort of confidence when you walk on set because yeah. it will bleed into the rest of the set and if you're not confident as a director it's it's gonna be tough because yeah. people will not um they'll do what you're doing but you need they're, they're looking for you to you to um understand what you're doing because oftentimes they might be like what the hell is he doing what the hell is she mm -hmm. doing what are they doing uh and i think as long as you know what you're doing um and you, you can you can you can show that well people will be like okay i'll, I'll trust them and i'll uh, <laughs> go along with this uh my previous film i did was i had a the main character was essentially a man and a refrigerator and so like <laughs> that was that was interesting um and you know people didn't understand <laughs> what i was doing how i was getting things but at the end of the day it worked out and um i think just doing that all in advance prepping as much as you can um that that saves you a lot of time and um and i think it's really just just knowing it knowing that and i think being practical especially if you're doing a short film um uh, probably most likely i don't know can't speak to everyone but your resources are limited so yeah know that and and be ready because um yeah you gotta move you gotta you gotta go but but i think just all that prep work and sometimes you're like this is a like an absurd amount of prep work for something that's 12 minutes um <laughs> it's it's it, it comes back to you. it's fine because i think when when you're on set when things arise again you're you're ready to to deal with whatever comes and i think that's that's very important um so yeah it's really just just doing that and believing in, in what you're doing um it's cool sorry these are very these are generalities but um and also well, like, I... one thing too this sounds very random but just keep practicing what you're doing and it sounds it sounds of course you should do it right but like yeah. really the more you direct the easier it gets i think the so i co-directed that feature and you know you have like 40 50 people running around you and so you're like oh my if, i think if if you didn't have experience prior and you would just get overwhelmed and i remember my first film i did get overwhelmed because i was like oh mm -hmm. my god there's i'm working with like these these like great gaffers in hong like these gaffers have been worked these like cinematographers gaffers whatever they've worked for years and years and years decades on some like the films i love and now they're asking me what to do and it gets if you're first doing that it gets overwhelming mm -hmm. but i'm lucky enough to have done done these smaller films in the past and then just be comfortable with it and i think really you can make the, the worst film but the more you do it the more you're, you'll get comfortable with, oh yeah if i do this it'll it'll work um, or you get comfortable uh just giving direction and being okay with it which sounds easy but it's actually harder than, than um than it is i think when when push comes to shove but again i think the more you do it um the the more comfortable you get i think that's like with anything practice you, it comes practice, just yeah it's second nature so yeah it's interesting you know for directors well even filmmakers actors yeah you're right we need 
the practice but the challenge sometimes of this craft is if we're lucky you know we're doing a short film a month that every month like that's rare but maybe recorder and sometimes that could be rare so right. to be able to be able to figure out okay so while i'm waiting to really make my short film with the, the cast and the crew what can i be doing now could get my friend together to table read or, or workshop my idea right. and my script that's a way to practice too so i really think you know you, you might be saying these are general things but it really is a tough uh, intention and objective to actually reach, but it's a goal we should have. That's what kind of why I started our Brave Maker Academy. Mm -hmm. I was like, if I only waited to write and direct when I had the money, <laughs> I would right. only be doing it once or twice or three times a year. But now that we have this this weekly thing, I'm able to do it on almost like basically a weekly basis, and it's so so fulfilling. So yeah, yeah if you're listening out there, you got to find a way to make it happen. You got to find a way to get 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 out there and get in the work. Yeah, I think one of the the, the good things about being in LA actually is just you're, you're around so many brilliant actors. Uh, you know, probably the only city for film that this really happens. Where you just there's thousands of actors. Where um, if you really want to, I'm sure they would be happy too to get direction, and then you practice direction, they practice acting. And I think it's it's a it's a wonderful way to practice because um, that is really a lot of what you're doing. You know, and you need to get comfortable doing that, and it, it's mm -hmm. not easy because uh on set you might get you might be lost for words but i think the more and more you do it the you'll figure things out and also you figure your own style out you know each director directs very differently as well um and um and i think it, it, it like you said like it, if you have the time if you if, particularly if you have friends who are actors even friends who aren't actors but if you have friends who are actors particularly um because they've trained for it you can work with them and you can see what you can do you know can i direct this comedy can i direct this drama can i direct this horror can i how can i manipulate their what they're doing and let's let's play around with this and i think for them it's fun for you it's fun uh, and both of you it's challenging and you both grow and i think that's um that's what people need to think about because i guess like the whole ten thousand hour thing you know you need that practice um and the more you do it, the more you'll see different things, the more you understand different things. And a lot of directing is really just understanding people. You know, it's unlike, say, like a cinematographer or um, or a sound recordist. Um, our, our work isn't necessarily so technical. We may understand a lot of these things, but our work mainly is really just under, understanding people and understanding how how things work and uh, making sure that you're, you're running the set well, but understanding these actors and how how do you best get them to interact with each other? You know, like, for example, like for some, my, for one scene, my producers weren't too happy, but I asked everyone who wasn't essential on that one scene to just please leave a set because mm. I knew, I think there was, there's a little bit of, something was a little off with, um, with one of my actors and, and mm. I just wanted everyone to clear it because I, I wanted to give them space. And I think you need to know innately, yeah. this is the problem. And, and then, um, you're not going to announce, hey, she's uncomfortable or they're uncomfortable. Uh, everyone leaves. Like, you need to figure out how to do that um, in a way that's comfortable for everyone and and then, you know, go along with that. And um, and yeah, so I, I think actors, I think, love when they feel comfortable knowing that you're taking care of them. And I think that's 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 one of the good things too. Like, you know, you, you, it's not necessarily you're babying them the whole way, but like taking care of them in terms of you're going to try to get the best performance out of them. And, and so you might do crazy things or you, you might play around you might just uh, kick it offset some stuff like that so um just being always aware always cognizant always on your feet always ready um 
you know, I think that's that's important. Uh, even when you're doing a comedy, dark, dark comedy, uh, uh, I think that's it's important to, to to always keep in mind. Good words from Kevin Ung. This is episode 209, and we are so stoked for the short film called Work Life. You can see it October 28th at the Brave Maker Halloween party, and you can follow. Uh, Kevin and I'll have his work and see all the different future things he's got coming on. Kevin, where can people follow you on Instagram? Um, you could follow me at kevinung.film. That's U-N-G and then dot .film. Um, that's the, my website as well, actually. Um, so yeah, follow me there and uh, see where the films go next. And um, I'll post posts about what I'm working on next as well. And the feature I'm working, what I worked on is coming yeah. out this month. Think. Oh my gosh! Okay, that's uh, well, amazing. it's premiering. It's like to friends and family, uh, but so, probably sometime this year it'll it's do do its thing, and uh, and then hopefully work on my own personal one uh, afterwards. So yeah, that's cool. We look forward to staying in touch. We're not done. We end our show with our favorite things of the week, and that's called our brave faves. Brave faves. TV shows, films, books, songs, technology, clothing, podcast, food, and more. These are a few of our favorite people, places, and things. Brave Faves. All right, so my Brave Fave of the week is a show on Hulu. It's called The Other Black Girl. I loved it. I binged it. It was really, really fun. Kind of get out-ish. So if you like little Jordan Peele get out vibe. If you like uh, something that is a mystery, if you like shows or stories that elevate racial justice and really important relevant issues going on in culture, you will like this show. It was fun. The acting was really great. And, you know, it's got a little bit of camp and satire, which always makes me happy. It's uh, on Hulu and you'll recognize a ton of actors from a lot of TV shows that, you know, so Check it out. That's my brave fave for the week. Kevin, what you got? Um, so I actually just rewatched this is an older film, but um Taika Waititi's first feature. It's called Boy. And um surprisingly a lot of people haven't seen it yet. So I, I do recommend if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's it's I, for me it's one of my favorites. And uh it's it's I think Taika Waititi at his most raw, except for his first short film, but definitely mm. something to check out. Yeah, I don't. I am not familiar with that at all. So that's cool. I'm gonna have to check that out. I definitely yeah. uh, would like to see the beginnings of this creative guy that we have come to know in so many ways. So, boy, okay, where where did you watch it? I'm sure we can all just um, figure it out. I just i I think I had a DVD a long time ago. And oh just, wow! I, okay. Yeah, this was like way back when. But um, it was just it's you can tell it's him, and I, I think it's he does like this family estrangement and sadness very well because he does it with comedy and so you find it hilarious but then at the same time underneath everything there's this like sense of oh this is actually really sad um mm. and i think he taika does that well i mean he's changed over the years um mm. but uh with this it's it's actually yeah it's a fun fun film where he's he's talking about a community we rarely see and he does it in a way that's approachable to everyone and i think that that's yeah. it's fun it's great that's great. Taika, responsible for 
Reservation Dogs, such shows as Drink, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, also one of my all-time favorite shows currently. <laughs> I was my brave fave a few weeks ago. So cool, awesome. Yes. Thanks yeah. for thanks for bringing that to our attention, Kevin. So great, yeah, of course, to to have you on the show. Don't go away, everybody else. Uh, thank you so much for watching. As a reminder, we are a nonprofit 501c3. We could not do this show and or any of the work that we do without you. Uh, so please consider becoming a donor. We only have 33 donors every month. And one of them is my mom. So uh, if you could consider becoming a charitable giver, you could go to our website at bravemaker.org or you can follow us on Instagram at bravemaker.org. And everything is, you know, going right back into all the work that we're doing, whether it's our paying for our streaming platform that we do these shows for the past 209 episodes or it helps us make our short films or we just started a Brave Maker Academy acting class, uh, our rent, our insurance, all of those things. I work three other jobs, just so you know. Uh, this is really a passion of ours and we want to grow. We want to be able to hire staff eventually. We have a dream of being the Sundance of Redwood City or the Bay because we love filmmakers. We love film. And we also want to give grants away to emerging filmmakers and keep doing what we do, which is creating and curating brave stories for justice, diversity, and inclusion to educate, entertain, and create community experiences. If you believe in that, join us. You can also use your phone and text the word brave maker to 44321. All right. Thanks so much again uh, for Kevin Ung for being on the show. Uh, hopefully we'll stay connected, man. I mean, I know you're here till Sunday, but if you come back up again, we should grab coffee or next time I'm in LA, we should definitely uh, link up because I love your style, love your vibe. Maybe you want to come up for the Halloween party, Kevin. I mean, why not? Come yeah, show your show your show your, your short and get in the costume and dance the night away on October we'll 28th. See. All right. Thanks all again, right. Uh, Kevin. And thanks to all oh, my producer, uh, Amy Cohen out of Austin, Texas, our intern, Jessica Cohen, our podcast editor barnell amos from grand rapids michigan and our social media manager carrie alley that's all we got uh kevin thanks so much everybody else thanks for watching brave stories change the world and you are the story we'll see you soon everybody Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at BraveMaker.org. Like, subscribe, and share. To become a monthly donor, text the word BraveMaker to 44321 or go to BraveMaker.com slash donate. Thanks for tuning in.